So if you liked Ghost, Ghost Ship, you'll probably hate this, but I strongly suggest you still watch it. Shut your mouth, Eric. Shut your mouth. On to better... Th- on to other things. Now I'm a big boy and can rent movies that have sex in the title. It just oozed out of my TV onto me. He's got a little bit of toner. Must be possessed by Satan. And I'm a grumpy old man. That too. How's the house going? I wanted to ask you too about the... I've, I've I've built houses, but I, for other people, I've never gone through building one for myself. And so, when you were sending me the pictures of the theater room part, I was I was curious. Like, do you have a like a theater room company or something that handles that, or do you just have to tell your contractor that you uh, want this, or how does that? Kind work? I mean, everything that I have right now, it's it's the same thing. It's just a different room. Everything is taken to a different room, and actually, it's pretty much like it was. Well, right, but, but I mean the construction and the ceiling for yeah, the Dolby stuff. All, all that stuff, um, the builder put in holes in the ceiling, and then the actual theater company that I got out of Akron, they ran the wires, and they're going to come out uh, probably late next week and hook everything up. And Cool. There you go. That's cool. I just yeah. wondered about that. Yeah, I wish that I could... It's some, of the, it's some of that stuff I wish that I could do myself, but when it gets to properly like mounting uh, surround speakers to the wall... Uh, symmetrically and and wiring like I'm not that good at that. Whereas like what I have right now in my house was a little bit more do it yourself because they're on stands and there's drop ceiling and I hung the screen, the projector, all that. I I did a lot of that stuff. This is going to be a little bit more professionally done, uh, but it's all the same equipment. Yeah. So uh, other than other than four new speakers in the ceiling. Yeah, the reason I say that is just most builders that I've known and grown up with, I'd be like, okay, I want to put some speakers here in the ceiling, and they'd be like, what? Huh? You know? I got that a little <laughs> bit, but then the, uh, like the, the, the theater company, they were down at the same time that it was being built where they were, and like, just make four holes right here, and we're good. And they made four holes, and we're good. Are those, uh, Atmos speakers, are they angled at all, or straight down? They're going to be angled just slightly towards the front row and the back row. So there's two seats and two seats. So there's one that's, ones that are going to be firing right down on the front row, and then ones that are going to be a little bit more towards the back row. So they're angled the same way, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So they hit so that they hit the audience, and uh, I actually had to to uh, to the uh, the company that I, that I got to do this. They're very passionate about what they do, so they want to do things their way. That's fine until it encroaches on what I personally want, even if it's. The correct quote unquote way to hang a speaker, that's up too high. Bring that speaker, that surround speaker down so it's ear level. You all, yeah. yeah, but you're supposed to have it up to, you know, you're supposed to have it up a foot and a half past it, but no, 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 no. When I'm sitting in my seat, I want, I want gunshots and killing and combat, whatever. I want that stuff to be blasting into my ear holes, not going above me. Well, I've, I've done that before. I've made that mistake where their speakers are up too high and then I moved them down and it was way better down at the ear level. Yep. So, and they actually, I, that one time I showed up there and I'm like, why are there holes? Like, what are these holes doing on the sides of my ceiling? Like, they, it looks like there's going to be, I'm like, speaker wire sticking out of there. I'm like, uh huh. No, 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 no. This is not Tinseltown where the speakers are up past you. No. So I called him. We had a nice big argument and. <laughs> Isn't it great? You got to argue with the people you're paying. Yes, and I'm like, I, I'm like, this is what I want. They're like, well, that's not right, though. That's not the. I'm like, I don't care what's right. Just 
I want that to be blasting in my ear. The end. So they're going to be blasting in my ear. Um, might have a title for the show. That might be the quickest we've ever got a title for the show. I want that blasting in my ear. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> and now the Atmos speakers above me, uh, I don't know much about those. So I'm like, you know, I, they have a company that they buy their speakers from and you know how to place them. Fine. I trust you on that. But everything else, do as I say. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Well, I am going to make my way up there for something in Atmos. I, I, you know what I keep thinking of is Forrest Gump. And then one day, it started to rain. Oh, And then it rained for four months or whatever. But anything with weather in it now is going to be money. Does it rain in Predator? Oh, I I feel like it should. (laughs) I kind of feel like it does. One night, maybe, when he comes and gets what's-his-name's body. Yeah. And he then kills the pig. But, ah, wow. That really is going to be... A big difference, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And what's nice is that even movies that are not in Dolby Atmos, uh, there is a setting on my Denon receiver that basically it sends sound to all the speakers. So there's still going to be sound coming in. It may not be encoded as such, but there's going to be sounds coming in all the speakers, including the top one. So I can hear all that wonderful, delicious gut munching and, uh, <laughs> you know. I don't know if other. I can take us serious both wearing the same shirt like this. this, uh, is, this is yeah, it's smooth. Really drinks. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I'm going to take it change. off. I can totally. Oh, nah. I'll, 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 I'll change. Just hang on. It's, it's weird. <laughs> we have the same shirt on. Uh, Goose and Maverick. And, uh, uh, who else? And Iceman and Maverick. And Cougar and Slider. And. Uh, um, that's all I got. Just Cougar, Slider. Yeah, huh. Drawing a blank. It's... There. Keep your Star Trek and I'll go a little Justice League. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, things going well, though, otherwise? I mean, getting ready for the move and all that? Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, going okay. Um, they had to, they had to let their, uh, the, our, uh, um, our, our, project manager go because he wasn't doing his job and uh, the, I had to I chewed out the owner of the company here a little while ago and said you're months behind what's going on I need a date that we can move in uh, I said as it gets later in the summer we lose like I, I, we have no help we're just we're gonna move um, so we're getting a company to help us but we don't have family or anything I mean we don't, we don't have family gonna help us and so it's just so the guy said July 19 is when you're going to move. And that was a month and a half, two months ago. As we were getting closer and closer, I'm like, this isn't going to get done. So I called him and said, I don't care at what stage you're at. We're moving on July 19. And now shit's getting done. And it's like everybody is stumbling over each other to get it done because it's, I, I told Joni today, I'm like, I don't know how we can get, how we can get done, but <laughs> we're moving. So. <laughs> That's not my problem. You guys, then they had to get rid of this guy because he was a deadbeat. And so just do your job. Well, is, it doing, just, is it like a huge company or something? No. Last year they built 22 houses. This year, four. <laughs> like, Good grief. It's Ugh. been interesting. But it's a nice house. It's just, just I, I don't like it when people don't do their jobs. Just do your job. 
Yeah, I um, oh, yeah, we have talked about this topic many a time. Yeah. I'm paying you to do a, do a thing, just do the damn thing. Do your thing, and you will get paid. So, but it's going to be fine. I mean, it's, um, it's, next week's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it'll um, happen. Stay tuned to see if there is an episode or not. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be something. Oh, something. I'm sure I can dig something up. I'm, you know. Sometimes I'm sure people want a break from our, our dumb asses. Uh, okay, are you ready to talk about some movies, sir? Let's do it, yes. Okay, let's go to the roulette, where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Tau up against Caliber Calibre. Did you discover the t- the pronunciation of this I'm assuming word? it's Caliber. Okay, Caliber, you are up first. Okay. Tell us about Caliber. Caliber, 2018. Uh... Hour and 41 minutes, which right away for a movie I've never heard about kind of scares me for the roulette because that's about 10, 15 minutes longer than I like. Uh, but I'm happy to report this is a gem in the rough. Oh, um, much full like, gem status. Yep, much like our our buddy Steve uh, chimed in on social media saying it's a really good movie. This is a really good movie. Uh, actually, I think Stephen King gave it some props on uh, on social media, too. Uh, and rightly so. This is, it's not a horror movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is, uh, almost from frame one, it is uncomfortable. And as the screws tighten with our two characters, uh, the screws are tightened on you as well. It's like you are the third person almost in this. And you're like, they are so, they are so fucked. And it keeps going more and more and more. And you're like, oh, how are you going to get out of this? Uh, but basically, real quick, I'm not, I don't want to spoil this because this is one you should check out. Uh, two friends go to the Scottish Highlands uh, in some little village for a weekend of hunting. And um, a very major accident happens while they're hunting. And then the rest of it is, how do we get out of this? Because this is one of those like very close-knit communities where there's not many people. And everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. But kind of like where you live. Oh, great. That's awesome. <laughs> It'll be just like visiting home. I'll just w- take a walk down the street or go watch this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, except they like to drink in this movie a lot. Uh, this Scottish Scotland. So there's lots of lots of pints being consumed. and uh, But acting is really, really good. Cinematography is good. This is like theater level quality everything. Um it's not a feel-good movie by any means. And this is, I don't want to say it's heavy because, you know, it's, you know, there's a handful of actors. It's not like this deep, deep, deep story. It's just a really, really well-made thriller. Uh, it's really, really good. I cannot recommend this enough. This is, I mean, I, again, I, we watch so many roulettes. I forget what, what comes and goes, but this is, this is up there. Easily top five. And will probably stay there, I would guess. Cool. There we go, another gem. Yep, I would, uh, and this is not one that you should wait for October. I would say jump on that when you're like, I want a good thriller movie, your wife would probably like it. Well, I would guess your wife would. Probably not, I'm guessing. Okay, over on my side, Tau, another Netflix original sci-fi movie. A woman is held captive by a scientist in a futuristic smart house and hopes to escape by reasoning with the AI that controls the house. Uh, I'm not sure who the main girl is. Mika Monroe. I don't. I kind of recognize her, but I, I don't know what from. Ed Screen, who's always great, and Gary Oldman plays the AI, which is a great voice for that character. 
And I also am happy to report this is a good movie, and one that I think you should keep on the queue. I don't think that you will love it, but I think that you would be like, that is totally fine, and I was entertained, and a couple of good kind of gory kills in there. Not many, but a couple. And it's not a, a horror movie by any stretch either, but I, I, it's kind of... I kept thinking about this while I was watching it. It was like, what is this? This feels familiar, but it's like something I haven't seen. And I finally settled on... It's a reverse home invasion movie. It's a home escape movie, you know? This girl ha spends her days just talking to this AI trying to escape this house, and she, but the guy wants to keep her as a, to keep doing these tests and to improve this AI, this other AI that he's building. And she befriends the current AI and tries to use it against the, its programming, and there's a, cool robot that it can be controlled that, that it can control that's also kind of a murder death bot and the special effects while used sparingly were very good when they were being used i mean wow were they good and so you what you have here is you can tell okay we've got a limited amount of people in a fairly contained area but it was never boring i was always entertained special effects came just when they were needed the kills came just when they were needed to keep you involved all the way through I give this one a thumbs up, and I think that you would enjoy it, at least for the thriller aspect of being feeling like a home invasion, but it's more like trying to escape from a home. Um, so, yeah, not, not much more to say about that. I give I, This movie is totally fine. Wow, we had a good doubleheader then. Yeah, let's fuck it up and watch some shitty movies. Yes, let's please. <laughs> okay, next round. Uh, okay, first up is, for you, uh, Dawn of Humanity, and this is a... Documentary, a uh, concealed chamber of in South Africa houses hundreds of human remains that may help fill a gap in history and reveal the true origins of our species. So, uh, there you go. Um, it, that's probably your, well, I don't want to say that's your safe pick because actually I think that every single one of yours is going to be a safe pick this week. Next up is Breadwinner. Uh, that is a documentary that was, or documentary, that was an animated movie that was, ve uh, Judas Priest. <laughs> Take a drink. You sobered up. Woo. <laughs> um, uh, so the breadwinner is a uh, an animated movie that I believe was nominated for best animated movie of the year at the Oscars. A girl living under Taliban rule is virtually powerless with her family out of options. She pretends to be a boy, and I uh, I watched bits and pieces because this played at my current or at my previous job, and um, what I saw was fantastic. So this is from the director of directors of Secret of the Kells, I believe. Yo, yeah, that's a damn good movie. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, and then last <laughs> but not least, this is not on Netflix. This is actually uh, I got the Voodoo Code, but I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, Only the Brave, and this is uh, the recent uh, firefighter movie from 2017 with Miles Teller and uh, Josh Brolin. Directed by jo Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, based on the true story of the Granite Mountain uh, Hotshots, a group of elite firefighters who risk everything to protect a town from a historic uh, wildfire. Now, this one is 2 hours and 14-ish minutes. So it is longer for a roulette. However, uh, that's a pretty big movie, and I have not had a chance to watch it yet. I'm not sure when I will get around to watching it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw it your way and see what you think of it if uh, you so choose to take it. Okay, coming your way. Evolution. After spotting a dead body in the ocean, a boy begins to question strange occurrences and mysterious medical procedures conducted in his seaside town. 
that just sounds pretty cool to me. So there you go is that one. Uh, message from the King I keep throwing back up there. Again, this is a roulette that I had, and I gave a big thumbs up, so that's your safe pick. And lastly, Death Screams. And I kind of looked a little more into this. This is on YouTube. This was a slasher movie that you threw me. A carnival slasher, it said. And I said, oh, carnival slasher. Okay, I might be interested in that. So fair game, I'll throw it back your way. Okay. Um, I believe that I will take Evolution. That sounds really cool. And I watched the trailer. It looks very artsy. And it's only an hour and 20 minutes. So yay for me. <laughs> All right. I will go the other way and take the big budget too long for a roulette movie, but Joseph Kaczynski has not directed anything that I haven't really, really liked. I don't think, has he? I mean, no. o- Oblivion and Tron Legacy, I love both those movies. I, I'll, I'll check it out. Boy, it's interesting that he went from two very science fiction-y movies to a uh, true story. <laughs> It sounds like maybe a passion project. And then next up... Top Gun! Top Gun! Maverick, or Maverick Top Gun 2, or whatever. Awesome. (laughs) Yep, I'm pretty excited about it. And hopefully then, then, now that you've got some of these... You've got your drama story out of the way, and you've got your your fun childhood uh, sequel out of the way, back to science fiction, Joseph. Black Hole. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Black Hole, Tron 3, I don't care. Yep. Heck, I'll take Oblivion 2. I thought Oblivion was yep. a great movie. Anything. I'll take anything. Okay. There we go. Next week, or next time on the roulette, Only the Brave up against Evolution. Did uh, cool. Do you know, did Only the Brave, I haven't checked really, did that do well at the theater? No, I believe I had it in a fantasy league, actually, and it did not, I mean, it did drama numbers, as I recall. Which... Ooh, $18 million uh, was the uh, U.S. gross. Ouch. Oh, wow, that's really bad. That bombed. So, no, that's well, too... Well, that's Top Gun, so it's good. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, I heard some other podcasts talk about it this week and say that it was really good, too, so well, I'll check it out. Okay, are you ready to rabbit trail? Sir? Yeah, let's rabbit trail for a bit, shall we? Okay, lead us off. Um... So did you see, I was curious, um, I, I'm not sure what to make of it yet. I haven't read too much into it, but I did see that uh, Billy D. Williams is going to be reprising his Lando Calrissian role. Have you read about this? This was one of the things that I brought for the rabbit trail. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, oh, okay. They're... I, I wonder what J.J. Abrams is planning. Uh, and I, I, the hate for The Last Jedi seems to, it seems to me like it's growing. Like people are hating on it more and more even now that it's, you know, they're blaming it. They're blaming that for the failure of Solo, and uh, I don't buy that. I really don't. And you know, Solo struggled, I think, because it came out too soon for one. Which it, it did. Had, it was very publicly had a lot of problems behind the scene, and I, everybody's like, not sure about that casting of that this unknown. You know what I mean? Like, and they just didn't quite knock it out of the park with that movie. And they uh, and they made two movies. Essentially, they made a movie and scrapped it and made another one. Yeah. Uh, that's going to kill you. You can't come back from that budget problem. Unless Do you think you... that you think that they're like just kicking themselves in the ass for like Disney for not waiting until the usual just December date? Possibly. I, I mean, what what's your competition this December? It's Aquaman. 
I mean, Fantastic Beasts, which is in in November, and that's, I mean, that's not huge Harry Potter. It's big, but it's not Harry Potter numbers. And well, and those don't cross over. Those, those don't conflict with audiences. Yeah. Audience that's going to see the one's going to see the other, period. Yeah, that's true. So I, I don't know. I don't know why they decided to put it out there. Here's another thing. They put it out at the same time when everybody's cruising high on Infinity War and. Deadpool. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a bad time to put that out. Yeah. I don't know why they insisted on that. But. Yeah, and even the movie itself, like, I for some reason right now, it just feels like Star Wars is winter movie for me. And it's like, even in, in Solo, there are scenes where they're in the snow, like the big train scene or whatever. I'm like, that just, this just feels like something that I should be watching in December. Not, yeah. not now, but I still liked it, obviously. But I'm, I'm, anyway, back to Billy D. Billy D. Williams. I wonder, how he will play into uh, into the next one. Well, they've killed everybody else or they've died of in real life, so they don't have much choice. And I heard that some rumor that he was supposed to be in uh, the last one, but he doesn't quite have the swagger anymore. I don't know. I haven't seen him in however long. I think he would still be fine, but... Uh, I We will see. And you got to remember, I'm really nervous about J.J. being back. Because I don't want another Force Awakens. I mean, I'm, that's a good movie. I enjoyed it and everything. But there was way too many questions, not enough answers. And now he's going to give us the third act like of this trilogy? Like, he's going to wrap up and answer everything in this? And uh, what's-her-name, Felicity, was uh, cast in this, too. And a lot of people are already... The speculation begins again. Is she Ray's mom? And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I just don't give a shit about Ray's mom. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, uh, whatever. I just... Hope that J.J. doesn't get too... Here is a good example. Mission Impossible 3, J.J.'s first big budget movie. I loved his mystery box in that. We don't get any details about any of the bullshit mission stuff. Through the whole movie, we never know what the rabbit's foot is. That's great. I don't need to know. It's... I, I don't give a shit. This guy wants it. That's all you need to know. That's fine. But in Force Awakens, it was like question after question after question after question with no hint of a possible answer. And I, I think that the people that hate Last Jedi uh, don't, they give too much credit to Force Awakens as like, well, I mean, he just set up all those problems and then just, oh, somebody else's problem. You know, he set up all those questions, just, oh, yeah. somebody else deal with it. It's like, come on, dude, give give somebody a break. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'm very curious if, I I would guess that Abrams is going to be more, Going back to Force Awakens and Star Trek, his Star Trek movies, and it just J.J. Abrams has a certain way of doing things. It seems uh, he's kind of has his little niche, and I'm guessing that it's going to be like that. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I'm not really fearful of it. I just don't think we'll get anything as exciting and fascinating as Last Jedi was for me. Um, and I people forget, like you bring up that. You think more people are hating Last Last Jedi now more than ever. When Force Awakens came out, there was a strong contingent of people, I would say about as many people, that were pissed off at that movie and said, it's just a remake of, of A New Hope. And didn't like that it was nothing but fan service and with barely any new plot or anything. Uh, so I think then Last Jedi comes out and everybody's like, this is all new and unfamiliar to me and not fan service enough. I don't like it. <laughs> so that you're always going to have those people out there, those fanboys that are just going to hate whatever you do. And they'll always be this. You know who they are? The midnight fucking crowd. 
That's who they are. They're first in line for the next one. So whatever. And uh, some people will say, well, that's not necessarily true because of Solo. But Solo had a myriad of other problems besides just that. Yeah. Yep, I agree. But that's my fanboy rant. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever, it's Star Wars, I'll watch it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I own the Ewok movies, so I like it all. I like all this shit. (laughs) Yep. Now, the next Star Wars is going to... We actually now have to wait a bit till we get to the next Star Wars movie, because there's not going to be anything this winter, and it won't be coming out next summer either, I'm guessing, right? No, it's next Christmas. Okay. Which is... Fine with me. I still, man, I think they screwed the pooch on Solo with not releasing it in December. That I agree. I think they, I wonder if they would have, like, would they, do you think they would have lost an easy $100 million by pulling this May stunt instead of waiting till December? I think so. I think that they could have easily pulled $300 million, if not more, in. If, if, uh, Rogue One did what, five, Five to six hundred million. This should have done at least four hundred. Yeah, this is all nerd talk. I'm, oh no, it's fine. Where else are you going to talk about it? Um, but I, I don't know. And, and Rogue One didn't do the numbers that they were hoping for either. They they're kind of the expectations are too high for some of these movies. They're like all wanting Force Awakens numbers, and it's like Force Awakens came at a time when everybody was down on Star Wars because the last thing we had was the prequels. And then here came somebody that was like, okay, this actually looks like a Star Wars movie that we remember. Yeah. And then, you know, <sighs> Rogue One comes out and that one had problems behind the scenes as well and a director replaced uh, and extra scenes shot like crazy and blah, 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 blah. And and, and then some a lot of people were down on that movie too. So I, it's just... There's no pleasing anybody. You give them what they want and what they love and what they remember with Force Awakens and they complain. Then you give them something new and exciting and different and then they complain and, eh, whatever. Just just tell them all to shut up. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, there's my Star Wars question or my Star Wars rabbit trail. Uh, Okay, I got another thing for casting news, but let's do this other thing first. See where it takes us. But um, you've watched the Mission Impossible 6 trailer multiple times, yes? Yes. Okay, I want to talk about the editing in this trailer, because I think, and I I hope I'm right, actually, but I, I, mean, I could very well be wrong. Uh, the way the uh, some of the stuff in this trailer, especially the second half of the trailer, it makes it look very much, tell me if you agree, like Tom Cruise is fighting Henry Cavill. I would see that. In the bathroom scene. Yeah. And in the helicopters flying around, there's two helicopters flying around. And it it appears like they are fighting each other. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think they're tricking us with the editing. Because if you watch that trailer again, I'd be even willing to pause the show for two minutes to let you go look. I think we should do that, actually. That would be very interesting. Um, in the fight scene in the bathroom, they are fighting... They are both fighting a different person. You have to look real close, but there's a scene where... The lady is talking about, you like to use a knife or a scalpel, and I like to use a hammer. And he, Tom Cruise is going up to this guy with a syringe, with Henry Cavill in the background, and then it's fight, 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 and every time they're chucking somebody through a wall, you can't see who it is. It's because it's not the other, it's not Tom Cruise or Henry Cavill. They're both fighting this other guy. And then in the helicopter scene, they are cutting between Tom Cruise flying and Henry Cavill shooting. I think they're in the same helicopter. I hope I'm right. I hope they're on the same side, because then we don't know who the villain is. 
You know, or, uh, that would be awesome. Right. I think they are. And they paint it too like they're going to shoot each other at one scene in the dark alleyway or something. And maybe there is a little bit of conflict there. But I, th- my prediction is that they are actually on the same side in this movie fighting a different unknown enemy. I think it would be a lot more interesting that way uh, than just one of them, uh, than Henry Cavill being rogue or whatever. Yeah. And it, but but look at the ed- watch that trailer again and watch the editing very closely. There is a lot of cut, cut, cut to where you assume these scenes are interconnected. Isn't it cool how Tom Cruise is uh, teaming up with uh, the lead star from Hellraiser Hellworld? It's great. I think it's <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, finally, These, dream come true. We got these Finally two. got to that level of quality that uh, <laughs> I guess I should – no, I should take that back. Not the lead, but a one of the, one of the somewhat important side characters of yes. Hellworld. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think about that? Are they tricking us or are oh, they fighting? Oh, I, I hope so. I think that would be fantastic if they would. And instead of, you know, once again, the troiler, the troiler, the troiler, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the trailer spoiling everything, which so far it seems like I, I don't get that excited about trailers anymore because they either there's an annoying grating song in it, in it, or they spoil the entire movie. So I don't. <laughs> get as excited about trailers as I used to. And I'm a grumpy old man. Yeah. That too. <laughs> uh, but every now and then a great trailer does come out. And th- I, I will say that the Mission Impossible trailers have, like, I really want to see this movie. It looks really, really good. I think they've been phenomenal. But the more that I watch that full trailer, the more I'm like, I see what you're doing. Yeah. I see your editing tricks. I hope I'm right on that. But we will have to wait and see. Yep. What is, uh, what's your favorite of the Mission Impossible movies thus far? Really, what weekend does that come out? Because we should do kind of a breakdown of that. Let's. I think that would be great. Uh, I think that's the 27th. I th- Yeah, July 27th. So That sounds right. Yeah, so I think that would be great if we could like take down every... Like, is, there, is this number six? I think it's number six. Yeah, it's number six. Okay. I am six. Ah. ah hey. Am I six? Yeah. Huh. Hey, hey, hey. That's a thing. That's good, too, because I'm, I want to rewatch three, four, and five before then. I've seen one and two a million times. Yeah. So, any word on... Uh, I know that Bond is maybe not shooting yet, but we know that Daniel Craig is back, right? Yes, and Danny Boyle is directing. Okay. I'm hoping that this is the last one with Daniel Craig. Is that a cool uh, thing two to say? More. He's, got, he's got this one and one more. All right. So, <laughs> oh, I, I, why, I, why so depressed? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I, I'm I, like... Don't, don't turn into Roger Moore to where it's like, ah, octopusy and view to a kill. And I don't think he's going to because they had to offer him a, a, a king's ransom uh, <laughs> to get him to come back at yeah. all. Because remember the last time he was doing press for the last one, they asked him if he's going to do another one. And he said, I would rather smash this glass table and slash my wrists than yeah. do another one. And then they were like, um, or a hundred million dollars for two more. And he's like, I love James Bond. I'm back. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, all right. Perfect. Yeah, I, I just don't want it to be where... Because right now it's like he can still do his own stunts much like Tom Cruise, or at least appear to be, but I remember like the, the last few Roger Moore entries, you can tell like he's way too old for every single thing that's going on in the movie. I, he was almost too old when he started. Yeah, he was... Exactly. And then now we're... I mean, that was early 70s, and then he wrapped it up in, what, 86 or 87, or something like mid-80s, uh, before Timothy Dalton came on board. And it's like, oh, especially view to a kill. I'm like, you, I just, you're a grandpa now. And I, I like Roger Moore, uh, but 
Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, as far as I know, he's just got this one and one more. And, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I don't think he's going to keep going. He wants to do other things. He seems like a grumpy old man. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure that he still has his wash, you know, washboard abs and, you know, sweat dripping off. And all, like, making sure he still looks good. <laughs> like Roger Moore did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't want a beer gut bond. <laughs> Fat Connery. <laughs> Uh, okay, one more casting news thing. Uh, Jeremy Renner has joined the cast of Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Have you been following this production at all? Uh, no. I, I mean, I know it's happening, but that about, that's about all I know about it. Uh, Jamie Foxx's Spawn. Okay, and, I knew that. That's cool. Uh, Todd McFarlane is going to be directing. It's a Blumhouse production. And... He held off on letting it go anywhere else because people didn't want him to direct or something. He wanted to be the one to do it. And uh, he went with Blumhouse. Blumhouse let him do it, gave him enough of a budget to do so because he wanted to make this real gritty cop horror movie. And people were like, eh. And he's like, no, I want to make an R-rated Spawn movie the way it should be made. And I kept saying, go Blum Blumhouse, go Blumhouse then. They'll, they'll give you $4 million or whatever you want. But Jamie Foxx, Jeremy Renner, this cast is shaping up. And I'm getting kind of excited about this project. This seems pretty cool. Uh, did you ever watch any of the MTV animated show? Yep, I watched all of them. I mean, that was hard, R. Yeah, I have those that DVDs. Was. I have not watched that original movie in so many years. I mean, it, it was DVD, but it was like early DVDs. That's how long it's been since I've watched that movie. And I don't plan on rewatching it anytime soon. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. And it's one of the old ones with the, the cardboard flap yep. case. Yeah, I've got it somewhere. <laughs> I, I just remember John Leguizamo's in it, and he turns into this deadite-looking clown creature at some point. Er Eradicator or something like that. Yeah, nope. <laughs> it tried. It tried, yeah. but no. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be probably good. Just make it hard R. Yep, I hope that he can, uh, well, from what I've heard, he, I, that's one thing I keep coming, or I keep hearing, is that he, hard R, he wants it scary. I'm like, okay, show me, I, but yeah, I, has he directed anything else? That makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Which kind of reminds me of, uh, I, it seems like, and I don't know the whole backstory to Venom or whatever, but every trailer that I've seen of Venom has a feel a bit like of Spawn, I guess, kind of that, like, it feels more edgy, horror-ish, at least the trailers do. Mm -hmm. But you know more about that stuff than I do. I don't know a whole lot of backstory about Venom and all that stuff, and that you're the comic book guy, not me, so... Uh, what happened is... Brace yourself, I'll give you a two-minute... Here we go. Ready? Uh, Peter Parker went to space and saved a bunch of alien people and or something and heroes and stuff, and some alien people gave him this symbiote black suit, living suit. And he brought it back, and it changed him and made him harder and, and meaner and stuff, and eventually realized he had to get rid of it. And in the movies, there was some emo dancing, but not in the comics. And so he went to a bell tower, because sound affects it. That's one of the only things that can affect it. And was managed to get it off of him, and it fell down and found Eddie Brock, a person who absolutely hates Peter Parker, a competitor at the newspaper. One minute left. And he went to... he The symbiote told him that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He became Venom. He has a hard-on for justice, but he is also lethal. So he protects innocence 
innocent people and fights injustice, but he will kill people. So he's an anti-hero. Okay. Really cool. Much like, like Spawn and like... Kind of, but Spawn is a demon from hell thing. Like, you die, go to hell, come back with demon powers. Spawn, or uh, Venom is a suit, a, li- a living alien over top of you that can give you any kind of clothes you want and can swing around like Spider-Man and has the scary head and everything. Uh, there you go, that's Venom. That's okay. what I know of Venom. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'll... Yep, there you go. Can't wait to see it on Netflix or whenever, because I probably won't see Venom in the theater. That's actually one of my higher anticipated comic book movies of the year, just because I'm like, that's such a weird idea to produce, and it looks like they're really doing it right, and Tom Hardy. I mean, holy shit, Tom Hardy. Okay, I'm in. So, I'll I'll check it out at some point or another. Yeah. Looks good to me. Do you okay. have any movies lined up, or just last thing? Do you have any? Like, what's the next movie that you're planning on seeing in the theater, or do you do you not have any that you're? Oh, I don't, I don't know. What's what's the next Batman thing or Star Wars thing? Pretty much. I don't, okay. <laughs> what's the next comic book thing? Well, Ant Man's out right Ant-Man's now. Ant Man's out right now, but uh, maybe Dollar Theater if I have time. But I'm so damn busy at work that that's not even close to a possibility. Yeah. And it's you know theaters are polluted right now. I drive by the Dollar Theater at noon and it's completely packed all the way to the back row. Of cars. Forget that, and you know where they're all at. Ant-Man and the Wasp, or, you know, that one will be packed full. Yep. So, eh. I, well, what else? Uh, A Quiet Place, I think, is at the Dollar Theater. Nope. I'm waiting for home. I don't blame you. I've got, I've got a million and one movies stacked up here to watch, so I'll just, I'd rather come home and watch something, and, yep. That's where I'm at. Uh, I will... Aquaman, I, w- I would like to see in the theater, and and uh, yeah, Venom. Those are probably the next two I that off the top of my head for the, actually t- for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, my wife really wants to watch Ocean's Eight. I really am wanting to watch Jurassic World, and then uh, Mission Impossible Six. But but all of those, if we get to them, great. If not, eh, whatever. Mission Impossible Six will probably happen at some point or another. Uh, whether it's first run or dollar theater, I'm going to need to see that one. That's a pretty sick trailer. And that's a man. I love that series. Yeah, me too. It's great. Okay. Are you ready to move on to recently watched? Let's do it. All right. You're up first. Yay. Okay. <laughs> we have tons of time, so you yeah. can do, do two first. Okay. Well, hang on because uh, ooh, ooh, I've got a bunch of slop and it's heading your way, right? Now, first up is Island of the Living Dead from director Bruno Mattai. <clears throat> this is on Intervision, the DVD label from Severin, because I now collect these wonderful things that exist. Um, these are some of the better ones, too, by the way, versus some of the other Intervision movies that I've been, I've been watching that, good God, I'm not even sure if I'm going to talk about them on the show, because, oh, Ouch. Welcome to Wastes of My Life. Um, so, uh, Island of the Living Dead. Um, this is um, towards the end of Bruno Mattai's life. Uh, these, he, these are the last two movies that he made. <clears throat> and there's a certain charm to these movies that I would have never thought I could have found, maybe even a couple years ago. But now I'm like, it's... Almost to the point to where it's like, ah, the good old days of shot on mini DV or high eight or VHS maybe. I'm not, it's not VHS quality. I, I, a couple of those later. Uh, but this is like, 
uh, like consumer grade D- mini DV. I'm guessing, but it's almost like watching. It's like I appreciate the not HD look of this, and it's like it harkens almost back to this. Probably was not fun to make, and you're like on location in some jungle somewhere, probably the Philippines. I'm sure the Philippines, um, with not much money, and it just it harkened a bit back to the good old days of someone probably really died on this movie back like early <laughs> 80s, late 70s Italian cannibal stuff. But anyway, or at least got a wicked staff infection of some sort. Yeah, yeah, probably some gonorrhea, something, something like that. Um, Island of the Living Dead, and here's what's great about these movies, and basically Bruno Mattai made uh, two zombie movies, and he made two cannibal movies, fairly close together, all within the same locations, uh, pretty much, you can tell, and with the same actors, uh, on mini-DV. Uh, so, <laughs> Island of the Living Dead is um, basically this group of tre- treasure hunters end up on this island looking for lost treasure, um, and, uh, I love how these movies and the cannibal movies all are specifically, specifically plagiarizing and ripping off better movies. And to the point where it's like almost word for word dialogue. And Island of the Living Dead is, uh, we get some of the, uh, Lucio Fulci ripoffs, some, but what it's really ripping off is, uh, Ghost Ship, the, uh, dark, the, the Dark Castle movie. Where they're on the big when ship. When was this made? Uh, two thousand. Oh, I, I know what movie you're talking. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I these are saying these... Italiany things. Yeah, Island these... of the Living Dead, Bruno Mattai. I, I'm thinking 1974. Oh no, no, no. 2007. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're doing Ghost Ship now. On, but the the ship, quote unquote, is the island. So the it's hilarious. Uh, as well as uh, having scenes from other better movies in this movie too where like oh, where did you get the money to uh, to get that or did you just like take it and drop it into your movie more on that in the next movie uh, <laughs> but anyway so if you liked ghost ghost ship you'll probably hate this but i strongly suggest you still watch it <laughs> cuz it's whew, it's 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 funny um <laughs> now the next one uh this is the one that i really want to talk about uh, Zombies the Beginning. And this is the sequel to, uh, Island of the Living Dead. <clears throat> this is awesome. This is like just that level of so bad it's good, but so much batshit craziness in it that it actually is legitimately a cool horror movie. Still shot on mini DV, still with atrocious acting. Uh, this one here rips off aliens. Pretty much for the entire runtime of the movie, it is aliens. Aliens, we've got the characters that are the same, um, all the way down to a queen zombie alien thing in the end, complete with uh, things that you'd find in your garage as parts of the giving birth thing or whatever they're trying to do. I don't know. Whatever. It's something. Um, It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, Overly gory, but fake gory. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, hold on here. I can uh, just pull this up because this has a cameo in it that I was like, that's so great that they got him to be in this movie. Um, hold on. Vigo Mortensen is in this. Oh my God. Again, um, what year? <laughs> uh, 2007. 
Um, they, they, the rings? they steal large portions of um, of the submarine movie with Denzel Washington. Uh, and Cri- Gene Hackman? Crim- Crimson Tide, yes. Yeah. There's portion like, like, sections of the movie where they're in the submarine because they're going to this island that was in the first movie, in the previous movie. And I'm like, huh, oh, there's Viggo Mortensen. Man, he, he's in this movie. And I'm like, somehow you cropped the movie. It's a full it's screen. Because they, they bought B-roll. They, they must bought, have. They bought B-roll that they never used. Yeah. Oh my god! And it's like over and over. I'm like, I get it. It's Viggo Mortensen. He's in this movie. That's great. <laughs> I um, wish he was first build on it. I that would have been so great. But it's hilarious, and it's like all the footage that they used is like the most washed out, crappy looking VHS like outtakes or whatever. Because at first I'm like, whoa, this doesn't match the the mini DV quality of what I'm seeing. Yet it still feels. Bigger and better than what I've been watching. What's going on? And I'm like, how did they get footage of a submarine in underwater that looks legit real? I'm like, okay, now why is there people that are sweating profusely underwater in the, like, this looks uh, Tony Scott-ish. I'm like, oh, that's because it is. That's because, oh, there's Vigo Morrison and yeah. Yeah, yep. So yeah, they, they sold off the B-roll. That's hilarious. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, this is, of all of these really, really shitty DVD movies that I've been watching. This is the one that you should watch strictly because of how bad it rips off aliens and how hilarious it gets towards the, the end. It's nonsensical nothing, but it's my kind of nonsensical nothing. Yay! But how will I know what's going on if I don't watch Island of the Living Dead first? Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, by all means, if you want to watch both, do. Oh, no. Oh, that, my, shut my, your mouth, Eric. <laughs> shut your mouth. My fear, though, is that you're going to watch the island and you're going to be so pissed off and hate it so much that you're going to go into Zombies the Beginning and be like, no, I hate this already. Whereas I watched Zombies the Beginning first and I'm like, this is, this is wonderful. Awful wonderful. And then I watched Island of the Living Dead and I'm like, eh, it's just awful, but I'm trying to like it. Nah, it's, it's okay because Ghost Ship is cool. And, eh. <laughs> So, and they throw in uh, little scenes from Hell of the Living Dead, which is directed by Bruno Matai, but somehow they make it worse than like the versions that I've seen. I'm like, the, the, the footage that you're showing from your own movie from back in the early 80s or whatever looks awful in your movie. Uh, yay. <laughs> okay, um, let's go from bad awesome to just bad bad in the VHS times. Are you ready? Okay. Shadow, ch- wait, Project Shadow Chaser. Is a VHS that I picked up from 1992. Action sci-fi terrorists with an indestructible robot take over a high-rise hospital in order to kidnap the president's daughter. And I'm horrified as I type this into IMDb to discover that there are two sequels to this movie. Shadow Chaser 2 and 3. I don't know how or why that happened, but they are things that exist and I will not be purchasing them because this is a completely shitty diehard ripoff. Is this is this full moon or no? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't even know where to look. Okay. Oh, I, it it was terrible. The only person that that I knew was Meg Foster. Do you know that name? Yes. The extremely light blue eyes who is in uh, Leviathan and yes, yeah, yeah. She has a main role in this. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't really know anybody else. Oh, this movie was bad. Oh, so bad. It just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a total diehard ripoff. They go up in a high-rise, and it's a hostage situation, and then 
<sighs> the one guy is supposedly an android, but you never know it because he doesn't do anything like Terminator powered. He just is a tough guy, I guess. And the cops are trying to get in, and SWAT team's trying to break their way in, and using little cameras going through the vents, and then some people die, and... Oh, I was bored to tears. Just bored to tears. Oh, I, I was playing on my phone within 20 minutes. And so I did for the rest of the movie. No thank you, sir. Uh, next up, another VHS. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Steven Soderbergh. Oh. Have you ever watched this movie? I have not. Oh, really? I'm surprised about that. I mean, this oh. was kind of a... Pretty big indie movie there. I mean, I th he won uh, Best Supporting Actor, or Best Actor, James Spader did for this movie, I think. Um, yeah, it just kind of fell through the cracks and I never got to watch it and just... Yeah. yeah, me either. I could never rent it because it had sex in the title, so that would yeah. never fly. But uh, now I'm a big boy and can rent movies that have <laughs> sex in the title. <laughs> or buy them. <laughs> yeah. For a dime or something, whatever I paid for it. Anyway, um... Yeah, I, I was a little wary in the first half an hour. I was like, all right, what are we doing here? Because Soderbergh is very hit or miss for me. Soderbergh, however you say his name. He did Logan Lucky, right? Yes. Sometimes he's Logan Lucky. Sometimes he's Ocean's Eleven. Other times he's that shitty action movie with the MMA oh, fighter I'm... who can't act. You know, like, or that girlfriend experience movie that was unwatchable. I... I He's all over the place with his directing style. I can't nail him down to anything. This would be old school 90s. It's I think it's 90s. Uh, Soderbergh, that it had something to say. This was a good movie in the end. And definitely had a very 90s independent film feel. And by that, you will know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, that weird clerk's feel. It's not a funny movie, but... It has a different feel where you're watching this movie and you're like, this is something different. This is a new voice in the pantheon of cinema. You know, like this is something you don't see every day. It's a lot of conversations. There's nothing too crazy that happens in the movie, uh, action wise or sex wise or anything. But it just is openly, frank, frankly talking about sex in ways that you just don't, didn't normally hear until the 90s. And so for that, I give it kudos and a passing thumbs up. I enjoyed it. We'll stay in the collection. Um, not much else to report about that. Should you run out and see it as soon as humanly possible? Nah, nope. Uh, but it was a very serviceable film, and I appreciate it for where it stands, you know, in, in history of cinema. For that, I give it credit. Cool. And I can see how it would be more groundbreaking at the time. And I like movies from that era. That was me in middle school. Yeah. You know? So I really recognize uh, certain things about that era. Like uh, uh, another, this is a totally other side of the spectrum of that, but Nemesis. TJ just reviewed Nemesis on his show. Do you remember that one? Oh, I reviewed yeah. it like a year ago. It's a yeah. shit action movie. I like that movie. Over the top, exploded. I loved it, but it has that very distinct 90s feel, too, of that ridiculous over the top action. It's just that time and place, and I it, it makes me 12, 14, 15 again. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> That's me in the 80s! Yep, yep. Uh, so anyway, we always go back to the things we loved in middle school. Yeah. yeah isn't that one, I feel like that one, if it's not yet, it's probably going to be a Criterion uh, Blu-ray release. I, that feels like a Criterion. It very much does. I don't know if it, if it has one or not. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's two. Two okay. VHSs, back to you. 
Hey, let's keep on with the Steven Soderbergh uh, reviews. I am going to talk briefly about Unsane, his most recent movie that came out uh, in March of this year. I bought it on uh, Vudu, and so watched it last night, and I have very, very, very mixed feelings about this, because the first hour of this movie is the Soderbergh that I like, that we've talked about, that we're, you just talked about, and then the last 40 minutes, uh, it's the not good Soderbergh, like really not good. And maybe it's just, maybe it's just me. I, I didn't like the direction that the movie went because the first hour of this movie is so good. Uh, it's, it's so good. I'm like, it, this dude, is it's, a total it's totally, win. let me interrupt you for a second. It's totally preference. The, the people yeah. that like stupid sci-fi movies and horror movies like us, we like the fun Soderbergh with the Ocean's Eleven and all that nonsense. And then the people that are, are more into drama and the artistic stuff, they like the girlfriend experience and they like all the other stuff and they hate the, the mainstreamy stuff. Just for me and myself, I'll take the mainstreamy stuff. Yeah. This one here, he shot with an iPhone 7S, uh, <laughs> which is really cool. Actually, it actually looks... Now, I'm sure that other other components were used to make the movie. It does have a lo-fi feel, but it feels like, I'm like, really? iPhone 7S, this looks pretty good. Like, this looks better than most of these shitty Netflix movies that we watch. So I'm sure that there was other things that were used to enhance the picture. But one cool thing about if, you know, this was shot on an iPhone, is there is a more, there like, more immediacy to the action of what's going on, especially like tight shots of people's faces. There's a lot of this person talking. So the camera is a bit close to this person. It's almost like they're intruding on the main star of the movie, actually, because she's, she's having issues. So it's one thing leads to another. And very quickly, she is committed to a mental institution where things go from bad to worse. But the whole thing, the first hour sets itself up as a, I remember this trailer now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the first hour is, is she crazy or is she being set up and is like, she, and she's got this fear of this stalker that may or may not have been following her who is actually played by Josh Leonard, the long haired dude from Blair Witch Project. Mm. Unrecognizable in this movie. Completely unrecognizable. But I'm like, this is really cool how it's like, I, you know, uh, I feel for this lady and I'm like, Ah, what, what are you gonna, how are, which direction is this gonna go? And then they go in a certain, certain direction. I'm like, no! <laughs> Crash and burn. I, the, I gave it, I think, two and a half out of five because the first hour was so good. And I just, you, it, you can watch it if you want, but that last half hour, 45 minutes, the direction they, they go, I'm like, oh man, you just, blew every cool thing about the first hour and now it's got plot holes that you can drive a semi truck through and eh, whatever it, worth one watch uh, uh, anyway. I'll, I'll probably pass on that the trailer I watched it and I was like well it's only going to come down to it went this way or it went that way and yep. it's yeah yep. I think I'm and, good then, on that. and then it goes that way that I did not want it to go and I'm like ah oh, come on but oh well um on to better, th- on to other things. Um, <laughs> um, let's see if this movie is even located on IMDb. I can't imagine that it would be, but I'll try. Uh, Death by Love is uh, a movie that exists. Hey, there it is, 2000 or 1990. Uh, so this is on a double feature from Intervision on DVD. This was coupled with Dreamstalker. But I want to talk about Death by Love. This is the 
added movie. This is the other movie. The 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 highlight of the DVD is Dream Stalker, but I have to talk about Death by Love because <clears throat> I watched the entire thing by uh, <laughs> directed by Alan Grant, written by Alan Grant, produced by Alan Grant, uh, story by Alan Grant, and lead star Alan Grant. God bless you, Alan Grant. Review by Alan Grant. <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Um, Wait, the, uh, Jurassic Park by Alan Grant. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he made something all right. Um, he talks a lot of women into getting naked in this movie that was shot on VHS. Uh, so basically, he's a sculptor. His name is Joel Frank, which is kind of a cool name, but... Um, so, yeah. This guy's obsessed with dual first names. Yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> Alan Grant by Joel... Okay, so Joel Frank is a sculptor that um, he shacks up with every woman that meets him. It's basically like he is just a walking, talking, uh, chiseled out of marble sex machine, which... <sighs> or middle-aged, uh, <laughs> the, the, the weird-looking dude. Huh? The Eugene Weaver story. <laughs> oh, I, I, pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so middle-aged, out of whatever guy, balding and whatever. So obviously a sex magic. A sex magic. Obviously a sex magnet. So we, you can tell we're already onto the uh, recently watched. Um, so lots of VHS uh, uh, shenanigans of him sculpting naked women and then... Uh, and then they die, um, and um, and then there's a guy that's chasing him, and then cops are involved trying to figure out who's the killer. And I should I spoil the movie or should I save it? Oh, uh, go for it. Okay. Um, so so along with the uh, dialogue that you really can't hear because the music is too loud, so I had to turn the subtitles on. And this movie actually had subtitles. I'm like. Someone actually took the time to make subtitles for this movie because the music is so loud that they knew that you can't follow the... Anyway, um, so eh, devil worshipping something or other, and this guy turns into a monster maybe, and then he kills the woman, and then his childhood friend is trying to stop him, and then in the end, the, uh, the cops shoot... Of course, it's a... You know, at the very end, it's one of those movies to where it's like... The good guy, who is supposed to be the bad guy the whole time, but he's finally going to kill this Alan Grant, uh, a.k.a. Joel Frank, and the cops shoot him. They, they think he's the bad guy. I can't believe I'm... Um, oh, keep breaking down Death oh, by Love. And, the, and then the end credits start, and then girls are pre- playing racquetball, and then I'm like, oh, just, okay, where's Alan Grant? He's going to schmooze, he's going to just ooze into this scene and start schmoozing onto these girls and that's like ooh he's still alive and sure enough as the end credits are going here he comes these little sh- white shorts and tube socks I'm like oh three stars not bad <laughs> I'm like this is so ridiculous I'm like this is this is <laughs> it's something uh, but it's it's very very comical and just how ah, how VHS-y it is <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm I'm, oh, I'm it's, good with that. Wow, it is it's out there and I I like the fact that like so much of Alan Grant is just mushed into this movie. Just smeared all over it oh, like a fine glaze. It just oozed out of my TV onto me. It was something all right. I I would like to you to watch it but I know you you're going you would hate it but um Yep, his face, his face too. But that's the only way that you can tell he's a demon possessed guy or whatever. I'm like, oh, they put some makeup or something on him that 
makes him look like... Uh, He's got a little bit of toner. Yeah, he must barely. be possessed by Satan. Oh, but I'm like, man, O'Day's, you do, for a middle-aged dude, man, you are, somehow you are hooking up. <laughs> Uh, even though, like he's at one the writer director and yes, star, even at one point like there's an older lady like I'm like old enough to where it's like can we not see can we not go here because we're going here and I don't want to go here but I'm like oh you're you are going here like she's kind of grannyish but hey it's kinda... his job to please women damn it and yeah and he does uh, and then he murders them <laughs> with a tiny tiny little like pen mark or whatever on their neck or a red pen mark on their neck I'm like I'm like there was no knife in the scene yet somehow I guess you. I don't know. You inserted your fingernail into their neck and dead. Let's move on, please. It's back to you. <laughs> I just, I just like to be quiet and let you go on your own. Let that train just derail all over the place. <laughs> oh, racquetball and shorts and tube socks and oh, where's Goose and Top Gun? Yeah, it's like this is this is a volleyball scene in the making. Sounds it's... a lot more like uh, <clears throat> that camp movie. <laughs> um, the one With that we the tube got socks. Oh, oh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, there you go. Hey. Back <laughs> All to right. you. Uh, I did a couple of VHS, and I'm going to do some more. But before that, let's get a Blu-ray in there, so we don't lose everybody. From 2017, The Foreigner. 113 minutes. A humble businessman with a buried past seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism. A cat-and-mouse conflict ensues with a government official whose past may hold clues to the killer's identities. Starring Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. And some other pretty good actors and actresses. Directed by Martin Campbell. That was the real draw for me. Because I like Martin Campbell. Again, he can be hit or miss, but it seems like uh, when he hits, he hits him out of the park, in my opinion. And I don't know if I'd say this one is out of the park, but I'm giving this one an easy thumbs up. I thought this was a fantastic political thriller. And Jackie Chan does a fantastic job in his role. He's playing an older man in his 60s and a distraught father who's going to get revenge on the people that killed his daughter. And that's there are like two strains going in this movie at once. There's that story... And then there is the story with Pierce Brosnan being an Irishman or part of the IRA trying to keep peace with people in England. And uh, So if you don't know tons about the conflict with the IRA in England and, and all that jazz, you might be a little bit lost. So I'd say brush up on some of that stuff, that conflict, um, which has been going on for eons. Uh, that's You should watch some movies about that or at least have some sort of base knowledge about it. Uh, and so he's trying to keep the peace between, well, with his past and the IRA and blah, 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 and, and England. And the and these paths start crossing. And as they're both hunting down these terrorists to try and figure out who they are, Jackie Chan keeps popping up. And Jackie Chan keeps popping up. And fucking dudes up. And getting in the way. And fucking dudes up. But not in the normal Jackie Chan way of, ha, 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 I'm happy. He looks, he looks distraught and sad and, um, frankly, old, the way that mm. he should. And he is not doing normal Jackie Chan things at all. Every hit that he takes hurts him. You can see it in his face. And that's the way it should be, because that's how it would be in a real fight. Not the, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the 90s Jackie Chan movies where he's getting kicked in the head 50,000 times every single fight. That's just not realistic. Yeah. In a realistic fight, you might take two. 
and you are done. The fight is over because you are concussed and are getting into an argument with a tree at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I really appreciated that aspect of it. I like the backstory they gave him. Uh, I really would love for you to watch this movie. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be just a smidge too long for you. I think, I think you would be like, eh, it's too long, got too thick with the political stuff. But for me, who is interested in that conflict and, um, always loves a Jackie Chan movie, especially one where he's a wicked badass getting revenge and, oh, just blowing shit up. This movie rocked, dude. I, I absolutely am keeping this Blu-ray on the shelf and we'll probably watch it with my wife next time. I think she might dig it. Good, good damn flick. Cool. So I was really happy about that blind buy. And next up, it occurred to me, after buying some VHS and having some conversations with the collectors on Facebook groups that I'm on, I gotta keep an eye out for, as a VHS collector again, I gotta keep an eye out for uh, mold. Mold is a real, real problem with some of these tapes. I can keep all my damn DVDs and whatnot down in the basement in storage, no problem, in our wet basement. But not such a great idea with the VHS. And lately I've been taking boxes of them down there because i got to get them out of the office. I can't keep everything in this tiny little rat hole. Uh, so I went down to uh, move my VHS from the basement to the upstairs. And in doing so, came across a couple of movies I haven't watched in forever and forgot that I still had the VHS to. One of which was 1990s. Dark Man from mm. Sam Raimi. A brilliant scientist left for dead returns to exact revenge on the people who burned him alive. Starring Liam Neeson, Francis McDermott. I mean, come on. That's great casting. Yep. Larry Drake is great. I love this guy. He is awesome in every damn thing. Uh, Colin Friels, he's always a scumbag in every damn movie he's in. Anyway. I had such a ball watching this movie again. I haven't watched it in quite a few years, but it is such a product of its time and such a product of Sam Raimi at that time. This was his next movie after Evil Dead 2, and he still was using... He he finally gets to make a movie. He wanted to make a comic book movie of some sort, but I think he made this... This is all of his own brainchild. I don't think this was based on a comic to begin with. And he gets a, a nice, nice budget so that he can do it, he still keeps all of the grossness and ickiness that he has from his Evil Dead movies. He keeps all of the uh, effects of the time, which is he's trying to still do everything in camera, but there's some, you know, blue screeny stuff is working pretty good at this point. But he doesn't overuse it. And when he does use it, he uses crazy crash zooms and all these, like, crazy camera effects to distract from the not-perfect special effects, which makes them work great. He also couples it with a lot of really cartoony violence, which he obviously did in Evil Dead 2. Yep. And it works in spades. Oh my god, this movie works so great. I laughed my ass off, but in appreciation. It wasn't like mocking. I loved the shit that he did. I loved seeing Liam Neeson get to act way the fuck off his rocker in so many scenes. And they did so many brilliant little comic booky kind of things like when, uh, well, the scene, one of the scenes I always remember from that, from that movie is when, um, the, the, he's knocking the cans down at the circus or whatever, and he wants the pink elephant, and the guy won't give him the pink elephant, and he's running out of time, and the guy keeps pushing him, and he has no control over his motions, and the guy finally pokes him, and he does this weird camera tilt to show that Liam's losing his shit, and then Liam starts looking around like this, back and forth, like, ah, ah, cause he's losing his shit, and these flames just crack down the corners of his vision. 
that's such a comic book thing to do. Like, you would see that in the next panel. There's flame that comes down from the panel, and you know it's not really there, but it's just a visual to represent he's losing his mind. And he just takes those fingers and twists them three ways of Sunday upside down, and oh, it's so gross. Uh, and then his weird mouth and teeth with no lips and gums and just chattering all... Oh, I mean, it's almost like like Texas Chainsaw Massacre gross. Is uh, uh, is this the one where uh, Liam Neeson uh, sticks Ted Raimi up through a manhole on the... Yep. Oh, yeah. That was, I, that was probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Yep, it was awesome. And uh, it's also the scene where in the, the beginning, Durant goes to meet this other bad guy, and then there's this big warehouse shootout, and there were cars... Uh, flying out of crates and then driving around and crashing all inside the warehouse. And I was like, that really reminds me of um, Hard Boiled. Because mm. they had a scene like that in Hard Boiled where they, all these cops were... And I think... was Didn't Hard Boiled come after? What year was Hard Boiled? Uh, do you remember? I'm not sure. Hey, give uh, me one second here. Hard Boiled was 92... It, you could, you could. The argument could be made that uh, Darkman was nineteen ninety. It could be made that John Woo saw that and liked it. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, I had a blast with this movie. I will definitely be picking it up on Blu-ray at some point, and I need to. I've never watched the sequels. Have you? I haven't either. No. I, I wonder if they're any good. Anyway, I love the end of this movie. That fl- swinging around the hook. Oh, here's another thing. The third act of this movie completely mirrors Spider-Man Three, another Sam Raimi joint. It takes place in a high-rise that's under construction. It's all just, like, I-beams and shit. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And they're going... He's fighting two villains at the same time. His girlfriend is hanging perilously. And at the end, he swings on this big chain thing, hook, to grab her out of the air and rescue her and take her down and save her. It's like, that's exactly the same as Spider-Man 3. Um, Hmm. It's great. I loved it. This this movie rules. It's hard for me to really say, like, oh, it's the best comic book movie he's made, or it's better than the Spider-Man movies. I don't know if I can go quite that far. But it's such a beautiful product of that late 80s, early 90s, and it fits, like, the special effects work so well, knowing that it's, you know, from that time frame. I, oh, I loved it. It was even great on VHS. My copy has held up well. But I do need to get a, a better version of it. Yeah, I've got the, uh, I think the original Blu-ray version and then Scream Factory did their own deluxe version of it, which, like, ah, uh, my, my version of the, of the Blu-ray is fine, I'm sure, unless I can find a better, like a good price on the Scream Factory, cause I like to collect those, but, uh, the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray that I have looks really good, which I haven't seen it in years now, but I remember liking it. Oh, you should watch it again. It was great. And I don't even know if you could clean this movie up because of the dated special effects. I don't know that you could clean it up any better that would make those effects, like, work Pop, better. yeah. Because you can still tell every time, oh, that's a blue screen, or whatever. Yeah. He's swinging around on the helicopter and screaming all kinds of shit. Oh, it was funny in all the ways that it should have been and horrific in all the ways that it should have been. It was a perfect yeah. balance. One of my favorite uh, effects shots I've ever seen, one of my favorite explosions in any movie ever, is when he gets blown up and goes screaming out through the ceiling straight at the camera. Oh, Ah! yes. That is, I love that shot so much. Literally, top ten explosions in cinema of all time. Is that, that's kind of similar to the uh, scene in Die Hard 2 when John McClane, that, yeah, he's in the... I would put that that explosion on that list too, probably. Yeah, I love that scene in Die Hard 2. Now, what year was Die Hard 2? Uh, boy, I want to say Die Hard 2 is 1990. Oh, um, we got to figure out which came first, because that was... Darkman's 90. 1990. 
So what was, how is that shot so perfectly mirrored in two movies in 1990? Yeah, huh. Who came first? Hmm. What's the release date? I'll try and find the release date on Darkman. You find the release date on Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2 was released on July 3rd, 1990. This was August 24, 1990. But mm. nonetheless, they would have both been in production, right? I mean, there's yeah. no way that... Wow. That, that just had to be uh, two geniuses thinking of the same thing at the same time. Yeah. And then John McTiernan went on to do nothing after that. I think that was about the end, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, he's had some stuff. He's had some good stuff since then. <laughs> Unbreakable. You're talking about about Bruce Willis, correct? No, I said McTiernan. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's probably about it. <laughs> did, he about- do, did he do the sequel? Uh, oh, no. Oh, Reddy Harlan did the sequel that's to Die Hard. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Which he's what? got. He's got some good ones. So was that the end of Rennie Harlan? Uh, he did Adventures of Ford Fairlane right after that. Cliffhanger, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, Deep Blue Sea, Driven, Exorcist: yeah, The Beginning, so which the, I what? really like. Exorcist: The Beginning, his version. I I'm few and far between like that movie, but I thought it was good. Oh, and he did it. Devil's Pass, which I think. Uh, I did you ever see it. Ford Fairlane? Uh yes. Oh, I never saw that. Cliff, okay, Cliffhanger was better than Die Hard 2, maybe. Long Kiss Goodnight was good. Yeah, that might have been the peak. Like, like Cliffhanger might have been the peak. I would probably agree with that. I feel like we've done this a million times. I know. Where has Rennie Harlan been? And then we go look and we're like, oh, look at all this mm. horse shit. Yep. Right, he's got something he coming a- out this year. Legend of H- Legend of the Ancient Sword. Oh, he did your skip trace with Jackie Chan. And... Oh, that was awful, right? That was with uh, <laughs> Jackass guy, right? Yes, yes. I hated, hated that movie. I um, thought that he did, uh, there it is, 12 rounds. I think it was John Cena. Oh, God, that was awful. Oh, I hated that movie, too. Ugh. They made a sequel to that movie. Yes. Why? Yeah. I complain about that as as my wait till you hear what I'm talking about next. No, you're up. It's your turn. Okay. Phobe, the xenophobic experiments from 1995, shot for $250, seriously. Wait, wait, wait. What is it called? Phobe? Yes. Uh, P-H-O-B-E. Phobe. Phoebe. Phobe. Phobe, yeah. And they say it's it's a science fiction movie, you see. Um, It's shot in Canada, eh? Um, Hey, easy. (laughs) It's... My people. It's it's so bad. It's it's so bad and not in a, a remotely cool way. Um, however, I will give it props because it was shot for two hundred fifty dollars, um, and they made a movie. So there you go. It's a movie, but it's a movie of people walking around and talking with dialogue you can't hear. And the main dude has a mullet and sunglasses that he never takes off, a la. Terminator, maybe? I don't know. It was terrible. But I watched all of it. Uh, I fast-forwarded the last half hour because I it was I'm like, oh, you're just walking around and talking and sitting in a bar talking more. And I like, you're mumbling. I can't hear you. It's something about alien eggs on Earth. And oh, I'm going to probably keep the DVD because it is <laughs> it's Intervision. And I'm like, I got to collect all those now. So I'm going to probably keep Phobe. But um, 
Good God, this was bad. I mean, it was... Oh. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, zero stars for that. Uh, <laughs> but you're keeping it. Uh, I gotta keep it. That's I a label it's, thing. It's it's me and the Canon VHS. That is a label thing only, because it was... I actually immediately, I'm like, screw this movie. I put it on my... to take to the exchange pile, and then I looked at it, and I'm like, oh. Uh, That's kind of where Geostorm is hanging out right now. He's on on the pile, but I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) I'm going to put you back on the shelf with the rest of my inner visions because you look good there. Um, Okay. Okay. Now let's, I'm going to take a small break from, well, this actually might be it. I'm going to take a break from the shot on VHS slash shot on mini DD or whatever. You literally have one, two, three, five movies, one good. Uh, oh, yeah, then that would be zombies. Yeah, the yeah, I, no, I'm telling you, that's what we're looking at right now. So do you oh. want to review something that isn't shit, or? Because I could still do the cannibal movies from uh, Bruno Matai. Go for it. Um, Go for it. Okay, let's do that, and then we'll, okay, so. Just don't question me why it's a little more rare when there's a Eugene movie that actually, from the episode, that makes it as the banner for the Facebook page, because it's like, I like to put up things we like. And he's like, shit, 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 garbage, shit, 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 garbage. Like, <laughs> hey, zombies, the beginning was something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the land of the cannibals from okay. 2004. Yeah. Uh, shot on mini DV and full screen. So I'm like, oh, you didn't even bother to shoot in 69. You're, we're going full on old school. Here he goes by Martin Miller. So he is obviously at this point related to Stephen Miller, which uh, it's about right. Um, So we'll give this movie a passing thumbs up to support our friend. This actually, I give it two out of five, but this was, uh, this is Predator, by the way. He, this is Bruno Matai doing Predator um, and Cannibal Holocaust. So mush those two together. They both have some sort of uh, not consensual sex and out pops Land of the Cannibals. Uh, Why did it have to be not consensual? Why couldn't it just be gross? Oh, well, I figured rougher would be probably better with what I watched. Um, <laughs> Go on. Uh, it's, um, uh, the lead, the, the lead guy in this, I'm like, at, and no joke at first, I'm like, no way. They actually got Phil Anselmo from Pantera to be the lead dude in this movie. I'm like, all right. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Hey, you're kind of a Phil Anselmo wannabe. Uh, so wait, it's we, not actually him. No, it's not him, but it looks just like him. Because <laughs> so, I wouldn't have been surprised if they could get get him for two hundred fifty bucks. I mean, what's yeah. I mean, how many well, acting roles is he turning down? Yeah, um, but yeah, he was too busy in in one of his side projects, whatever. But regardless, this guy looks like him, and uh, I, it's one of those movies to where they're in the jungle, but. Like, the entire movie, their clothes are all clean. I'm like, shouldn't you be getting dirtier as you go deeper into the jungle for, I'm not sure why. Uh, what year what? is this? 2004. Uh, and something about a daughter of a general that was kidnapped and they're, I mean, it's straight up like Predator ripoff, but then Cannibal Holocaust as well. And they like take certain scenes from Cannibal Holocaust and then they just rip that off in this movie. Um, this could have been a gem, but... Well, a gem. It could have been so bad it's good, but it needed to have more gore. Which leads me to uh, Mondo Cannibal, which is definitely the good one of the two because it's it's teetering on so bad it's good. Um, this one here is uh, straight up Cannibal Holocaust ripoff the whole way through. That's what it is. 
Um, I, I feel like I'm wasting my time talking about this garbage. Why? Uh, it's so no, bad. Let's get into that. Why? Why are you wasting? Your, why? Why do you feel? Oh, uh, because way? I have to watch these now. It's like I'm like I gotta watch Dude, all these intervision movies. Listen to me. There's one thing that I tell people when they tell me it's a waste of time to watch all the movies because we're movie freaks and we watch all these movies and waste all our time watching these fucking movies and blah, 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 blah. Everybody the same thing, okay? I don't care if you're going out fishing and hunting. I don't care if you're meditating in a field. I don't care whatever the hell you're doing for recreation. If you're not helping another person, if you're literally not helping another piece of humanity, you're wasting your fucking time, Okay? So we all waste our fucking time doing every damn thing we think is fun. Everything is a waste of time. Yeah. It's not and a waste I of time. Think, I yeah. mean, it is a waste of time, but we're all wasting time. Anybody listening to this is wasting time. Yeah. And so, Mono Cannibal is a glorious waste of time. Go ahead. Waste. In a good way. Waste um, of so time. So one, one scene that they lift directly from Cannibal Holocaust where it works brutally effective in the original Cannibal Holocaust is the... Uh, the tribal abortion scene, which oh, is God. just awful, awful. Yeah, that's, well, they that's, redo, they, that's where I pull, pulled the eject button. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's so, like, just realistic in the original. Here, I'm like, oh, we're doing that. I'm like, okay, how's this going to go? And I'm like, oh, we're, like, they're, we're slicing her open. And I'm like, and then out pops the little rubber baby. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So it's so fake that it's comical. And then they stomp on this, like, I'm like, well, is this thing made of... Jello, because it just mushes in the mud. I'm like, I should be grossed out, but uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird um, cabbage patch doll. It is, yeah, see, yeah. It literally was some sort of a cheap doll. That, it was funny. Um, what else? Uh, beheadings, and it literally is almost a shot-for-shot remake of, well, ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, so if you got it, if you enjoy or at least appreciate Cannibal Holocaust, which I think that that is one of the most brutal and effective movies ever made. This is the uh, Leslie Nielsen version. Oh, my Lord. Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of that? Why would they decide to remake a movie like that? I, I mean, I, rip it off, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just funny with these, like, these four movies. Uh, it's so weird how it's like, we're going to rip off Predator and Cannibal Holocaust and Ghost Ship and Aliens. And, and they make no bones about it. This is, we are ripping these movies off. And it's... It, I think it's really funny, um, but it's, I don't know. I mean, know. yeah, but like with my movie, Die Hard, they rip off Die Hard. I can understand that because action fan doesn't give a shit because they have, uh, there's only so much action. Everything is a rip off of something else. Yeah. But why that? Like, that's so specific. That's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know, but they're, they're, it's just, they're at that age now to where I'm like, these are starting to look kind of cool because they're so dated. Cause I remember back when like, Movies were shot on mini DV, and other than maybe Twenty Eight Days Later, I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch that. No, no. But now I'm like, ah, starting to. It's starting to feel like old school now, where it's like oh, I can kind of appreciate that a little bit more. It's tiny film, but at least it's film. It's film. It's on a thing <laughs> that you a plastic thing that you put in a thing, and it does a thing. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's gonna wrap up all of my DVD watching. Okay. I'm still proud of you that you're accepting of the DVD. Yeah, I am. Okay, I am. lastly for me, we'll do another new thing. Luke Cage, Season 2. And I am happy to report I quite enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the first season of Luke Cage. I know some people had issues with it because of a, it is a little... Uh, it shifts a lot in tone. 
and like one guy's the bad guy, then this guy, then the other guy. And you're like, whoa, didn't expect this. This is weird. But I enjoyed that because it was unexpected. And I enjoyed the character arc that it made, it forced Luke Cage to go on. Same I could say about Luke Cage too. I, did I like 2 better? I don't know if I liked it better or not. I, I think they're kind of the same for me. I think that 2 might have had a little bit of better highs, but then the lows were not quite as good. There were a lot of other things that I was I was surprised worked out for me, with Iron Fist being so meh, and then, you know, they had an episode where he showed up, and they were kind of palling around, and it really felt like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, heroes for hire, you know, and he only hung around for one episode, and the whole episode he acted like Iron Fist. Okay, good. Move along. Please, please do better with Iron Fist in Season 2, for the love of God. Um, <clears throat> I quite enjoyed this season. I couldn't burn through it fast enough, tell you the truth. I mean, I watched the shit out of it. I loved the music in it. I loved the different ways the story went. Again, it was unexpected with what, some of the ways the uh, villains and characters interacted. And in the end, it kind of wrapped up in a way that you kind of saw coming a little bit. But then there's an, another episode, and it's like, oh, we're leaving Luke Cage... It worked... Let me put it this way. Let me rephrase that. It went the way you expected for the villains. It did not go the way you expected for Luke Cage. The way it ends up with Luke Cage, you're like, what the fuck? Where in the hell are they going in season three? Like, holy shit, this is crazy. I don't want to spoil it and give it away, because eventually you should watch Luke Cage. I'm not pushing all the Marvel shows on you, like, you don't have to watch Iron Fist, but Luke Cage, you should check out, because it is such a, like, the the blood that runs through that show is black exploitation, Every bit of the way, from the theme song on down, and it just, it's great. I just love watching that kind of shit. Yeah. And I think that you would, too. I, I'm, again, now we're on season two, you're getting behind, and then it's gonna be like, there's gonna be three seasons, and then you're gonna be burned out halfway through season two. <laughs> but, yep. At, just sprinkle one episode in a week. Can you do one a week without without just cracking out on it? <laughs> uh, it's hard nope. for me to do my my obsessive compulsive nature. I'll just like, oh, this is good. I'm going to watch all of them in three days, and then uh, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will probably do that and probably be burned out on it. But I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I was only watching, uh, well, actually, no, I I cracked out on this shit pretty hard. And I did not burn out, like, I burned out on Daredevil a little quicker than I burned out on Luke Cage. Most people would not say that, but I... What, what season are we on with uh, Daredevil? I watched the first two, and then... Uh, that's it. Oh, okay. Oh, so I'm actually caught up with something. Yeah. <laughs> Punisher. Have you watched Punisher yet? There's only one season of that, and it's gory as shit. You should check it out. Yep. No, I'm... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm squared with my zero, zero star yeah. movies, so... Yep. <laughs> That's all right. Your life is too busy at the moment. I don't, I'm yeah, not pushing any of these sh- any of these shows on you. <laughs> uh, but I give it a thumbs up, and uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think I'd say it's the best. I think I have to go back and re- almost rewatch some of these shows to even like put them in any sort of order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they just don't stick, and I, I wonder how they'll hold up. But I'm not necessarily going to go rewatch all of them either. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I look forward to more. I, I'm very curious where they're going with season three, the way that this one ended up. Uh, anyway, there's Luke Cage Season 2, and I'm still trying to work on uh, all of the DC shows, the new seasons that hit Netflix, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, 
But uh, Addie hasn't been around, so I haven't been able to watch him. I gotta wait on her, and that's an episode or two a week. And mm. we have to kind of watch them in order, because there's crossover events where to get the full four-part effect, you have to watch one of Arrow, one of Supergirl. Part two is on Supergirl. Part three is on Flash. Part f- you know. No, and- no, thank you, <laughs> sir. No. Yeah, but imagine if these were all horror shows. You got to watch part one on the cannibal show. You got to watch part two on the vampire show. You'd be mm. like, you'd be more, and it was legit gory horror shit. That yeah, was then I would shit. be more into it. You'd I had to even given up on the uh, American Horror Story. I'm like, I yeah, haven't watched that. That shit's not like legit gory crazy, yeah. scary, you know, if it was yeah. in, really in your vein of your genre, that's your blood, you would be into it. Oh, yeah. And that's what, this is comic books, so this this is my jam. Yeah. I got you. All right. Gotta, def- gotta, gotta get defensive a little bit, because you know, it's, it's my shit. <laughs> you like your shit, I like my shit. Okay. Oh, I do. <laughs> yep. uh, coming soon. Uh. Main one for me is I just got the Blu-ray of Who Can Kill a Child. Have you heard of this movie? If I have, it's just you talking about it on the show. Okay, this is a great classic movie. I've not seen it in many years, but uh, I'm looking forward to a rewatch. This is like a pretty universally liked movie. This is a really good oddball uh, Spanish movie, uh, but... Uh, I can't wait to rewatch this one. And I'm going to also probably watch a movie called Scum. Have you heard of this movie from, I, 2000, from 1979? I have heard of it. I don't know what it is, though. Uh, this is a uh, – Ray Winston is uh, – very young Ray Winston, actually. It's basically about uh, juvenile offenders in this institution and just the awful conditions and what goes on in it. And I watched it once before many years ago and loved it. But uh, I picked it up on uh, – Blu-ray for a really good price, so I'm looking forward to rewatching that one. But I remember it being very bleak, and uh, Ray Winston just whips ass. Alan Clark directed that. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who Alan Clark is, but he made um, this made is the gri- episode of the people with the two first names. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it looks great. I uh, can't wait to watch it again. Cool. So, um, I have. Uh, as usual, a stack of VHS movies that I've never even heard of, like The Star Chamber. Uh, Far and Away, I want to rewatch. I got that VHS. I might make another trip to uh, the VHS gold mine that I found down where my mother-in-law lives. See if anything new has come in. Transformers, the movie, the animated movie, I want to rewatch that at some point. Maybe with the boys, see if I can get them into that. They're now getting into Pokemon. Ah, cool. Randomly, we're uh, flipping through Netflix, and they're like, Pikachu! And I'm like, how do you know Pikachu? Oh, from stupid YouTube shit that we watch, where, you know, somebody animated Pikachu, so I know Pikachu. I'm like, oh, why don't you watch the actual show or the movie? And they're like, huh? There's a movie? I'm like, God, fucking YouTube is so dumb. Uh, So, uh, they were really in, every time Pikachu shows up, they freak out. Uh, Grizzly. I think that oh, might be happening. Oh, yeah, soon. there we go. That's my jam. Platoon Leader, Armed Response, The Taking of Pelham 123, the original. I got that on VHS. Have you seen that movie? I've never seen it. You need to, because it's way better than the remake, and it has a great cast, and that has to be on one of your niche titles. It's got, there's got to be a Blu-ray of that movie out there. It's too I'm, good. I think that Kino, I think Kino released that, um, and I because I, so, I thought the remake was so meh, I've never... Uh, same opinion. I thought the remake was super meh, but I watched the original, 
it's my memory says it's the shit. Stay tuned till next episode because I'm gonna, that is on deck this week. I'm gonna watch that thing. See if it holds up. See if and uh, I'll let you know if it's worth the yeah. Blu-ray. I'll bet you it will be though. Ah, man, I enjoyed that movie. Okay, that's gonna do it for this episode, sir. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, hopefully we'll see you next week. We shall see. Yeah, if not, maybe I can. I don't know. Solo cast, or I'll, I'll find something maybe to put up. If not, yeah. it's July. It's a yeah. super busy season. Yeah, I'm gonna try though. I'm gonna really try to, at the very least, just. Dude, moving is fucking hard. It's fine. It is. It's all right. It, it, yeah. It's fine to take a week off when you got shit going on. Yeah. And if there are but people who else am I gonna talk to about my worthless? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a mailed-in episode. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done one of those in a little while, have we? No, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll have you do a mailed in episode and then I'll just cut myself in reacting to everything that you're saying. <laughs> and you can't uh, rebuttal it. <laughs> just, oh, like, yeah, yeah. You'll say something and I'll just splice and I'll be like, well, that's stupid. The roasting of Eugene Weaver, 2018. <laughs> that's probably how TJ felt last episode. But <laughs> when I was busting his balls about Red Dawn remake. Okay, let's wrap this episode up, sir. Uh, I'll see you when I see you. Yep, sounds good to me. All, All right. right, see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening.